Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Something bothers you, I don't got time for that. That's weakness. You know, that weakness is just going to get me hurt out there in these streets. So that weakness is just going to keep me back. Because it's like, yo, you know, I, I'm, I'm a true believer that your thoughts become things. So I don't want to hold on to no negative thoughts. But you don't realize those negative thoughts are in there anyway. And they pop up at the most inopportune times and hold you back. So you might as well just unpack them. I'm Dr. Oz, and this is the Dr. Oz Podcast. He's known for his tell-it-like-it-is attitude. He can cut through the noise like no one else can. The Breakfast Club, Charlemagne the Gods, unfiltered candor put him on the map as one of the most powerful forces in media. But today he's using his voice to sound off in a very different way, in a way I've never heard it described. Charlemagne is here revealing his own personal struggle with anxiety, that it was so debilitating, so hurtful, that it almost took over his life. Thank you for being here. I want to commend you for being brave. Listen, you always say what you think, mm-hmm. which is unique. It's hard to tell the truth all the time, at least your truth, and uh, gets you in trouble sometimes, but yes. that's why you're popular. <laughs> and I love having you on the show because you've come on and discussed some topics that are sometimes difficult for the audience and me to get my heads around. Um, but today, I'm, I'm going to outnumber you with my wife. She's I got, see. She's got the big questions We're for you. Your better half is here. <laughs> Thank so, you for having me, by the way. I'm happy to have you. So before we get into the issues around anxiety, which is the number one complaint my audience has. Really? Number one. I mean, of all the things you'd think they'd be, listen, they're worried about Alzheimer's too, and they're worried about heart issues, but they're also worried about losing weight, all the things mm-hmm. that you'd expect. But the anxiety thing threw me off. 
Um, that's why having you here talking about your own uh, experience can be so valuable. But Lisa has the first question. Oh, I was just curious how you came up with the name Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs> Charlemagne. Uh, you know, Charlemagne is French for Charles the Great. And when I used to sell crack in Monk's Corner, South Carolina, like I'm, I'm from a real small town, so the population was only like 7,000. So if, you know, the, the the fiends would roll up, the crackheads, they would see me and they'd be like, oh, that's Larry's son or Julia's son. So I didn't want them to, you know, recognize me. So I'd wear like a hoodie and I would always say my name was Charles or Charlie. And then one day I was just reading in a history book in night school and I saw Charlemagne was French for Charles the Great. And I literally was like, oh, that sounds cool. I'm going to start calling myself Charlemagne. And, you know, the God is, comes from the 5% teachings of Islam, because I used to study the 5% teachings of Islam. So technically the name doesn't make any sense because it's Charlemagne the Great, the God. <laughs> but, you know, that's what happens when you pick a nickname when you're 17 years old. You know, that's what happens. So let's go back to what it was like. Leonard, Leonard Larry McKelvey. Yes, sir. So uh, the, his other name, besides Charlemagne the God. So you grew up in a little town in South Carolina. I, my roommate from college was from South Carolina. Apart. Greenville. Oh, upstate. 864. 864, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but he had a place down in Myrtle Beach, so we'd go across the state to go from his home down to the beach and back. You know, it's summertime usually because we're in school. But we went to college in Boston. No one could understand him ever. He had a thick southern accent. Oh, gotcha. Was he Geechee or just, just southern? Just southern. Okay, just Geechee southern. is Charleston. They talk like this. You know what he's saying? He'd be like, boy, look here. I'll box you in your mouth, boy. <laughs> That's how they talk in Charleston. <laughs> no, I think not, he can he, do that. He could do it. <laughs> yeah, he just didn't do it. Um, but it, uh, it's it's a it's a... A place where you, where I, I always felt people were supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know if you could really talk about the problems you were facing in your own home. And so I'm curious what it was like for you going through anxiety as a young black man in South Carolina. I didn't know I had it. You know, I didn't realize um, I had anxiety until 2008. Um, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was, I was, I was fired for the fourth time from radio. I was like 31, 32 years old. I think my daughter was like two or three. So I was back home in South Carolina living with my mom after being Wendy Williams co-host in New York, after doing my own morning show in Philly. And I'm living back home with my mom. And I remember I just got all of this stress going on. I don't know, really know what's next. You know, I'm living back home with my mom, my, my now wife and my daughter are living back home with her parents. And we're all in Monk's Corner. And I remember driving down I-26 in um, South Carolina on the way to Columbia because I was going to see a friend do a comedy show, my man Lil Duval. And I just had like this tightening in my chest. As I'm sitting there talking to my cousin Kente, he's driving, I'm talking to him, I just get this, like, tightening in my chest, and I'm like, I'm about to have a heart attack. I, I even psyched myself out to think that my left arm was going numb, because you know they always say your exactly. left arm goes numb, you, you have a heart attack. You're so smart. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was psyching myself out, so I told him, pull over, and I took a drink of water, and I took a deep breath, and I was like, I'm just going to go to the doctor tomorrow, see what's wrong with my heart. And I went to the doctor, and I was telling the doctor, you know, what happened, and he was like, your, your heart is fine, you got an athlete's heart. He was like, sounding to me like you had a panic attack, and I was like, panic attack. He was like, yeah, it was an anxiety attack. He suffered from anxiety. I was like, not that I know of. And he didn't put me on anything or any medication or nothing that day. He just made me aware of it. And I remember leaving there thinking like, well, I've had this feeling before several times throughout my life prior. But you know, you, you chalk it up to the streets prior. Prior, you're like, you're in the streets. You're, you're doing things you don't got no business doing. You're selling crack. You're, you're running around living the street life. You're in and out of jail. So you think that that paranoia and everything comes with that lifestyle. You don't realize that you're actually suffering from anxiety. Like, I've had anxiety to the point where I've smoked marijuana while, while I was on the block selling dope. 
smoked marijuana, got so paranoid that I buried my dope, told everybody, yo, the police are coming, the police are coming, the police are coming. I'm bugging out, tripping. And they used to always laugh at me when I would have these panic attacks. They used to be like, this dude is the most paranoid dude but I know. But weed does that anyway. It makes <laughs> you paranoid. Yeah, but imagine smoking the weed and already having anxiety <laughs> issues, not knowing you have anxiety issues. Oh, so this weed man. is heightening all of that. But actually, the police did come that day, by the way. <laughs> so, you were right. so, so my anxiety did help me that day because I was already outside. And by the time the police came, I had everybody so worked up that like four of us got away just running through the woods because I had worked everybody up and scared everybody so bad. So I had been dealing with the panic attacks and the anxiety attacks. I just didn't know what they were. I didn't have a proper diagnosis for it until 10 years ago. So you walk out of the doctor's office. Uh, the good news is you're not having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. The bad news is you've got this problem that can afflict you for the rest of your life. I mean, how'd you get past that? Who'd you tell first? I didn't tell anybody. I, I think I told my wife that, yo, she said I had a panic attack. And then at first, I didn't even really want to say anything because to me, panic attacks have such a bad stigma. It's, it's almost like, that's why I named the book Shook One. It's almost like, yo, you're so shook. Or in the streets, we say you're so, you're so scared that you something's terrifying you that bad. It's like, yo, man up. Like, you'll get another job. Like, you won't live in your mom's house forever. Like, you just, you chalk it up to all of that. Like, all I got to do is get back on my feet and I'll be fine. And that's what actually scared me the most is when, you know, two, three years ago, all of those same feelings start to come back. And I'm like, why? I'm doing great in life. I'm successful. You know what I'm saying? I got a beautiful family. I don't have any money issues. Why do I still feel these feelings of paranoia, these feelings of insecurity, this anxiety? Like, why do I still feel anxious all the time? And that's what made me actually start going to therapy and just, like, unpacking a lot of this stuff. So walk us through that process. So, Because therapy is something that is also a feared intervention and mm-hmm. or people feel that they're you know they're weak mm-hmm. i have to go to therapy and you know it takes a lot to man up to the fact that you need therapy mm-hmm. so what, what was there a moment where you finally said i, I gotta go see someone professionally and then they said something that sort of got you thinking you know what this could actually help me yeah i had been just asking friends you know because I, I i had friends who would go to therapy so i would just ask them about the therapy process and you know what is it like so it was kind of like i was just peeking around and then eventually, man, and, and, and I'm sure both of y'all know this because you're probably the go-tos in your family or you're probably the go-tos for your friends. It's like, who does the go-to guy or go-to gal go to when you right. need somebody to who'd talk you to? A- who'd you ask? Um, Neil Brennan was somebody that I used to talk to about it. Um, uh, my man Pete Davidson was somebody that I would talk to about it. Like, these are people that I just, that, that would openly have these discussions with me about therapy anyway. So after a while, I was just like, yo, I'm going to go find me a therapist. And I just... I told my assistant one day, just, like, find me somebody. And I actually wanted somebody who was, like, the complete opposite of me. I didn't want a black person. I wanted a woman, you know, preferably an Asian woman. I didn't even want a a, a white woman. I wanted somebody that's not from, that, that probably didn't have any, just a blank slate. You know, they didn't have any preconceived notions about nothing. But I did end up, uh, you know, sitting down with a, a white woman therapist, and she's been absolutely amazing because she knows nothing about my world. At all. <laughs> like, none. Like, I can look in her face sometime and see that she needs a break from me. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, who is she going to talk to after this is over? So let's go through this. So you have a woman who knows nothing about you, South Carolina, mm-hmm. Monk's Corner. You know, they couldn't understand what shook one meant. Yes. If you, know, if you, if you try to walk her down the street to explain it to her. So what's the what kinds of questions did she ask you? I'm, I'm partly trying to tease into this because there are a lot of folks watching or listening right now who would never think of going to therapy. Yeah. But because you're doing it, maybe, maybe I'll give it a shot. I think for me, man, it's not even about what she te- tells me. It's about what she allows me to tell her, you know, because it's just like 
I I'm I, I just turned forty. I didn't realize I had so much baggage. I didn't realize I had so many things unpacked. I didn't realize I was so damaged. Like it's things that uh, affected me when I was young that I didn't even think about. You know, what I mean, I, I talk about being molested when I was eight years old. I used to always tell that story about my cousin's ex-wife touching on me. But at eight, I thought I was the man because you know, your, your men were taught that the earlier the better. So I'm thinking like, yo, I'm I'm touching on breast and, you know, she's doing things to me at eight. I'm bragging to my friends about it. I remember watching Tyler Perry on Oprah and Tyler was crying about a woman in his family that was touching on him. And I was like, well, what's wrong with him? I remember tweeting that out. Like, what the hell is wrong with Tyler Perry? But then after a while, I had to question myself, like, what's wrong with me? That I thought that this was okay. So it's like things like that that, that, had an effect on me that I didn't even know had had an effect on me or like issues with my father, you know, like um, that. That's that's what therapy does. Therapy makes you vulnerable. So it's like my father asked me to do something this year. He asked me to help him, you know, uh, build the house. But not, of course, I would love to do that. That's my pops. But then I did, I realized that I had issues with my father that I hadn't addressed yet. Meaning that he left my mom eighteen, nineteen years ago for another woman. That never sat well with me, you know, especially being that I. You know, I haven't seen my mom with anybody else, you know, but, you know, my father's out there with his new wife and his, his her grandkids and treating her grandkids like they're his grandkids. And he doesn't even acknowledge his real grandkids. My daughters are my, my, my sister's daughters are my brother's kids. So it's just like I didn't even realize I had those issues with him until he asked me that. And I remember I remember the words he used. He was like, yeah, I got to get them out of this house, meaning his new family. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, if you're a new family, you don't even... Talk to your grandkids. But as a son, I'm scared still of my father to even have that conversation. So I had to have like two, three weeks of therapy just unpacking all of that and, you know, telling my wife about it and telling my therapist about it to finally get the strength to even talk to him about it. And then when I finally talked to him about it, it was the easiest conversation in the world. Like he was like, you're absolutely right. Like he was like, you're absolutely right. You're, you're right. I have not acknowledged my grandkids, you know. And I had to tell him, like, yo, I would love to do this for you, but it, I, that's that's what's bothering me. It's bothering me that you want me to build this new house for you and your new family, but you don't even acknowledge your your, your real so family. So, first of all, was he, was he surprised that you that you raised it? Um, I don't know if he was surprised. I, I don't. I, I just. I don't know. I really how, don't. So, what did he do? He literally just listened. He didn't push back. He absolutely said, "You're right." And immediately his actions started to reflect that I was right because he immediately, you know, started calling and just checking on the grandkids, uh, you know, uh, dropping things off to the house when they're in town, things like that. And that made me honestly feel good. Like from that moment on, it felt like a weight was lifted off me. And it was like, you know what? Now I can do this for you and your new family and not feel any guilt about it. Because, you know, my loyalty is still with my mom at the end of the day. Like, I'm sure. like, hey, you left my mom 18, 19 years ago. That's one of the reasons that made me become a proud member of the Faithful Black Male Association because I don't want to do to my wife what I feel like my father did to my mom. You know what I mean? I want to keep our family together. I don't want to break my wife's heart. You know, so it's just like all of those, all of those, those are the issues that you unpack in therapy because I don't talk about these things. I suppress them. Like, that's just the way I've been taught. Like, something bothers you, I don't got time for that. That's weakness. You know, that weakness is just going to, get me hurt out there in these streets. So that weakness is just going to keep me back because it's like, yo, you know, I, I'm, I'm a true believer that your thoughts become things. So I don't want to hold on to no negative thoughts, but you don't realize those negative thoughts are in there anyway and they pop up at the most inopportune times and hold you back. So you might as well just unpack them. There's a lot more where that came from, but first, a quick break. 
Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease. For listeners out there who may be your fans who are young, who are where you were, you know, 20 years ago, the, the young Charlie on the street mm-hmm. who can't necessarily afford therapy or might be embarrassed to go to therapy. Uh, what 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 are you learning in therapy that could help you when you were dealing? What what could you have heard then that could have, you know, made your life better? Um, that life really isn't as complicated as we make it. Like, I'll be complaining to my therapist about stuff like social media. And she always makes me angry because <laughs> she'll say something She'll What's say that? something so simple, like, because she don't have it. So she's like, so why don't you just put your phone down? And I'm like, I'm paying you $150 an hour to tell me the most <laughs> obvious thing in the world. But guess what? It really is that simple. Like, we choose to be addicted to our smartphones. I mean, we know that they're naturally addictive, but just like any other addiction that's not good for you, you got to cut the habit cold turkey. So I would tell my younger self, like, life really isn't as simple. Like, it's really complicated. I I have an idea for a book that I want to write one day, and I'm, somebody will probably steal it because I'm saying it now, but I want to write a book called, you know, Everything You Need to Know in Life You Learned in Kindergarten. 
And it's really like the golden rule. Actually, like, that book was written there, actually. Oh, it's already out there? Yes. Oh, I didn't even know. It's, okay, really, it's a great oh, book. Really? It's, it's really a great book. It's like, clean up your own mess. That's like one of the rules. Yeah. 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 Remember, you have to put away your toys? Yeah, New York Times number one bestseller. If you've for written years. it instead of doing drugs, <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. have this gig. You have to get up for it in the morning every day. You're right. I mean, do, I mean, it's simple. Doing to others, you would have them doing to you. You know, treat people the way Although, you want to be treated. Well, that. So I've been you know, reading a lot over the summer. Uh, and because I have time to think a little mm-hmm. bit. So go on to others as you have them do on to you. The word nice isn't in that. It doesn't no. mean you have to be nice. Ooh. It means you got to treat them the way you treat yourself, which works both ways. It means you can't be too harsh on yourself, mm-hmm. but you also shouldn't let people get away with stuff they shouldn't be getting away with because they need you. Someone's got You called your dad out. Yeah, yeah hold people accountable and, and hold you yourself want, and accountable. You, yeah, and you'd want to, you, you would want your one of your daughters. Third one's on the way. Congratulations. Thank you. You want one of your daughters to tell you if you're messing up 20 years from now. Yeah, I, I, you know what? That's the other thing I would probably tell my younger self, too. Hold yourself accountable. I don't think we do enough of that. Like, I know personally I haven't held myself accountable enough. You know, a lot of times you'll read things about yourself. Like, you'll read things about yourself in, like, magazines, or you'll see things people say about you on social media, and, like, you can't step outside of yourself to see what they see because you're so into your own situation. So if it's like somebody saying something, oh, Charlemagne can be can be misogynistic. He can be chauvinistic. I'm like, no, I'm not. I got plenty of women friends. I love my wife. What are you talking about? But no, it's if I if I go back and I listen to some things I said four or five years ago. Yes, it was misogynistic. Yes, it was chauvinistic, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. But I'm glad that it makes me feel uncomfortable because that lets me know that I've grown. You understand what I'm saying? So, yes, I I would tell my younger self to hold yourself more accountable. That's one thing I talk about in my book. I have this whole chapter based off this T.I. record. You know, T.I. is one of my favorite rappers of all time, and he has a song called Still Ain't Forgave Myself. And he talks about on this road to wealth, you know, he still hasn't forgiven himself for a lot of the dirt that he did. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we get out of the hood, we're great. We got out of the hood. But what about all the people that we hurt in the hood, directly or indirectly? You know, I think about... You know, a, a, a woman that we used to sell dope to who had a daughter whose daughter was, like, really smart, like, super smart, 1,600 on the SAT smart, and she could have went to any college she wanted to, but she decided to stay in school in South Carolina, but she would come home every weekend to watch her mom, you know, take make sure her mom was good. Eventually, coming home every weekend led to her just staying home and not even finishing mm. school, and I, I think about stuff like that now, like, yo, we indirectly caused that young lady not to reach her full potential because she was so concerned about her mom selling dope. Now, her mom, I mean, buying dope. Her mom would have got dope from anywhere, but I feel like we played a part in that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think about the first time I went to jail, you know, instigating the situation with my big mouth and my homeboy ended up shooting at somebody. We all went to jail for it. Like, I, I think about those people we shot at. Like, yo, I want to do, do they suffer from some type of PSD, uh, some type of trauma based off of that day. So have you, have you been able to forgive yourself for some of the things you're talking about right now? Working on it. Working on it. Not, not, not wholeheartedly. You know, I think that um, that's one reason I I try to pay it forward so much. You know, that's why one reason I try to do so much for the community. That's why I'm always doing book bag giveaways or turkey drives or just being a mentor to kids or <laughs> paying tuitions. It's like anything, like anything positive. Like I just try to do way more positive in my life, you know, and, I, and I'm pretty sure if I looked at my life for the past 40 years, I've, I've I lived, I had a way more positive life than I did a negative life. Like my negative stretch was only a span of maybe five years, six years at the most. So I've done way more positive than negative, but sometimes it's just very hard not to think about all that negative that, that, that you have done. So how do you get to the, to the, to the many 
And it's often men, young men, who have that five-year stretch of bad that end up tattooing themselves Mm -hmm. with some of that baggage for the rest of their life. How do I? How do you? How do you? How do you help them either not do it in the first oh, place or get past it? Yeah, I mean that's that's the best advice I can give you. But I mean that's that's that never works, right? Like it's like smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistakes of others. But when you're young, you're not wise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're not wise. So you got to put your hand on the stove to realize that it's hot and burn yourself. Like yeah, you could t- you can go out there and tell these kids all day all the mistakes you made, the things to avoid, the things that the things not to do, and they will still go out there and make those mistakes the only thing we can do is try like you know what i'm saying that's the only thing we can do the only thing we can do is is tell people like i always say i'm not an expert at nothing you're an expert you're an actual doctor i'm not an expert at nothing i just have some experiences and i share my experiences and i hope that you learn from them that's it so I, that's the only thing i can do is tell people like look don't go down that road i'm telling you everything that's down that road that's what my father did to me luckily i was one of those kids that started to register a little early 17, 18, like when I actually started going to jail or seeing people around me actually go go do long prison sentences or seeing people actually around me get killed. Or my, my father's favorite saying was, if you don't change your lifestyle, you're going to end up in jail, dead, or broke sitting under the tree. When I started seeing like my older cousins and people that I thought was really cool in the hood actually under the tree. Oh, gosh. <laughs> broke, looking, washed up. Like, when you start seeing things actually happen and a little bit, of, enough of it is happening to you for you to realize, like, you know what? My pops is right. You know? So I was one of those people that was got, got wise real early and j- had just enough experiences and saw just enough to be like, he's right. Let me get on the right path. So you've been in jail. Yep. Um in America, you know, you're a young African-American male and you have a record. Mm-hmm. You were lucky. You got a great job. It's hard once you have a record to get hired. Oh, who are you telling? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you know, I, I, never, I never believed in lying about it. And yeah. I was willing to work anywhere. I was like, you know, like I, I was willing to work jobs before I got to my career. I worked at Taco Bell. I worked at demo in the mall. I worked at a, a telemarketing place called Paragon Solutions where I was the guy that used to call your house and try to sell you 10 CDs for a penny, you know? <laughs> so I would work regular jobs and then, you know, I met this dude named Willie Will and I just asked him, how did he get in the radio? And he was like, I just went down there and got an internship. Now, this is 1998 in Charleston, South Carolina. So times were totally different. Didn't have to be in school, none of that stuff like that. And I got an internship. So I, people gave me an opportunity and I think that's the one thing that's kind of lacking in this era. Like, Kids aren't really getting just opportunities. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you go to school and stuff like that, you can get an internship. But what about the kid who didn't go to school? What about the kid who just got a raw talent, a raw gift to gab, but it's not in school? How are they going to get a, a shot? Luckily, I, for whatever reason, got a shot. I don't know what you. I don't. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily believe in luck, but for whatever reason, the universe gave me an opportunity. Well, luck favors the prepared mind. Mm. So for one, you were hustling the whole time. Yeah. You're always working, yes. as you said. If you're, you're working at Paragon, selling you weren't sitting under the tree. CDs. Yes. No, what your wife said is real because I, I believe in this acronym called Positive Energy Activates Constant Elevation. My mindset was I'm not going back to the street because all that does is create negative energy, so it creates stagnation. But if I work at telemarketing, if I do telemarketing, if I work at the mall, if I got this internship at the radio station, I'm doing something all of that positive energy activates some type of elevation in your life. 
So that's that's real. Like, just go do something. That's what I tell these kids. Go do something. Find something to do. Go cut grass. I used to cut grass. I used to go pick up cans out of the ditch and put them in bags and take them to the recycling center. Like, go find something to do. We got a lot more to discuss, so stay with us right after the break. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Anxiety, mm-hmm. which probably drove you to a lot of that. Was that your superpower? Yeah, I'm all right. Okay, yes, I'm conflicted about that now too, and it's funny because I just wrote the book. But I, I, <laughs> I, I, I say, I say, anxiety, anxiety is fear, and I, I feel like you have to learn how to use, learn how to turn that fear into fuel, because that's what it is. I think a lot of times, you know, I thought I did a lot of things because I was fearless, but I realized no, I did a lot of things because I was actually scared. You know, like when my father would say to me, you're going to end up in jail, dead, or broke under the tree, that scared me. It scared me to do the right thing. It's the reason they have a TV show called Scared Straight. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes you can access that fear, and that fear can lead you to positive things. But then also, that fear can do the opposite. You know what I mean? It can can cripple you. It can make you not want to move. It can make you just stick around and sit there. You know, I have an acronym that I that I write in the book. Um, my, my homegirl, Kay Fox, she sent it to me one time. It's fear. And fear can either stand for face everything and rise or fear everything and run. Yeah. So I chose to face everything and rise. Some people choose to fear everything and run. Those are the people who don't get what they should out of life. 
I think a lot of people in fear will build little barricades to protect themselves, mm-hmm. not realizing that when you put enough of those barricades up, you're actually putting yourself in a cage. Yes. And you're blocked in. You can't go anywhere with that, which is why going, going through failure early in life is actually a blessing in some ways, as long as you can cope with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're all going to fail. And men in particular, because men spend their whole lives building big statues to themselves, right? Osmandius was a great classic poem about this huge structure that now, of course, is melted away because it always does. And all men fall at some point. When we fall, we got to deal with the realities of it, which is why the fact that we don't have a way of helping people who, who are messing up in their teens, which is a classic, because the, the male brain, female, neither, neither gender brain, is ready in the late teens to deal with the, the modern world. Mm. That's why we send young people off to war, because they'll do it. Mm. Right? If I say, That's hey, Charlemagne, come on down, we're going to draft you for the war, we're sending you off to Iraq, you're not going to go. That's real. What are you talking about? Right? But at 17, yeah, I'll go. You, know, it's you don't know any than, better. Better than Monk's Corner. I'll run over there. Maybe I'll, you know, save the country. That's what I tell kids about college. Like, because even if you don't want to go to school, when you're 17, 18, just go. At least spend the next four years getting a degree. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's better than sitting around doing nothing at all. Well, I think part of the nothing at all is, uh, you know, it's avoidance of what makes you uncomfortable. And mm. I think that's why you slip into addiction, too, because you just don't want to deal with that anxiety, that fear, that feeling of not knowing where you're going or what's going on in your life. So... You avoid it. You check out. You tune out. You're absolutely right. And you know, like, that's why I, I, when you asked me the question, I, I said I was a little conflicted because, like, I grew up a very religious person, you know, and I'm still a very—well, I grew up a very religious person, but now I'm more of a spiritual person. I know that's the trendy thing to say now. I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. But, you know, my mother was a Jehovah Witness. My grandmother was a Baptist. My father was a witness, but then he started studying Islam. So I always had this spiritual foundation underneath me, and they always tell you that you have to walk in faith, not fear. So that's almost like not even giving you a license to be afraid. It feels like when you're afraid, you're doing something wrong, you know? So it's just like even now when I have those feelings of anxiety at 40 years old and I, I know I'm a God-fearing man and I know I pray all the time and I know I'm, you know, just, just always trying to do what God wants me to do. You feel like you're kind of like not in tune with God the way you need to be? You're not as close to God as you need to be? Because maybe if I was closer to God, I wouldn't have these feelings of fear. So that's where the confliction yeah, comes I think it's not going to make you not have those feelings. You're still going to be fearful. You're just going to turn them over to something higher than to God, right? To yes. something higher than you are. So it's not like they're ne- they're going to go away. You're going to say, okay, I've got faith now. I'm never going to feel anything fearful. I think courage comes from having fear and doing it anyway, mm. acting anyway. Mm-hmm. And having faith means you're going to have those fears, but you're going to live with God any in spite of those fears because you know that ultimately— God's got your back. Yes. That's why, you know, I love the breathing exercises my therapist gives me. You know, you just take a, put your hands flat on the surface and you just take a deep breath. And when I take that deep breath, I say, God, I may not understand what I'm going through right now, but I know that you're walking me through it. And that makes you feel better. It does. You talk a little bit about people that you've experienced in life, People getting shot at, people getting killed even. People left behind under the tree without a job. Do you have survivor's guilt at all? Uh, a million, billion, trillion percent. Yes. I got, a, I got a whole chapter in the book, Shook One, about survivor's guilt and survivor's remorse because that's how I feel. I feel like that every day. Sitting here with y'all right now, I don't feel like I'm worthy to even have this conversation. I, I was at this radio conference like last week and, you know, it's me and my man Bobby Bones. You know, Bobby Bones is like the big nationally syndicated country personality. That's yeah. my guy. It's like awesome. one of my best friends. And it's like, I'm sitting there and we're talking to like 400 people and 
you know, all of these people are holding on to our every word and they're looking at us like, yo, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, I had to tell them, like, I don't even feel like I'm supposed to be here talking to y'all right now. Like, so like that's, <laughs> how, that's honestly how I constantly feel. Like, yo, what did I do to get put in this position? I tell my wife that all the time. Like, what, what did I do to, to, to be here? You know what I mean? I mean, don't get me wrong. I had big dreams, big goals, big aspirations, but I literally did nothing other than say, I don't want to do what I was doing anymore. Like, it was really... Just that simple. Monk's Corner, South Carolina. All my friends are going left. I'm going right. Simple as that. Yeah, but you did something that's really, really hard, which is you told yourself the truth. Mm. And the people we tell the, the worst lies, the most damaging lies to it ourselves, right? And then people, you know, they say they're thinking. Actually, it's just really just self-criticism mm-hmm. in the brain. Also, it's just, you know, you're on that hamster wheel telling yourself how incompetent and unworthy you are. And you've you've been able to get past that, which is you know, takes a lot of effort, and it's very brave. And survivor's survivor guilt sucks, too, especially when you come from a small town like mine. When you come from a small town, and that small town has been so much of your existence, but then you feel disconnected from that small town because you really don't have anything in common with the people there anymore. And, like, you go there, and you, you have to play one or two roles. You either have to go there and try to keep it super real, which means going places that could hinder Everything you got going on now, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You're in the hood. The dudes is dead. They still got their guns. They still selling their drugs, and you out there kicking it with them just to prove that you're real. Or you gotta you, you gotta do the exact opposite and not be around. And then they say oh, you're fake. You done went Hollywood. Blah blah blah. And then when you're in the hood, everybody's trying to overcompensate uh, the fact that you may make them feel just a little bit inferior. So they. Trying to, ah, oh, man, whatever. Like, they talking to you crazy, y'all. Like, oh, you can't buy me a beer? I know you got it. Like, stupid stuff like that. So it's like, you damned if you do, you damned if you don't. So me, I'd rather just create my own little ecosystem and do what's going to make me happy, even if it means having to disconnect myself from my hood. When was the last time you were back in Monk's Corner? Um, I was actually there last. I had my book bag drive last weekend, and then I was there the weekend before oh, last. Oh, so you go back? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's still my core. It's my core because I love to go to my grandmother's house and just pray. My grandmother's dead, but like, I like that plot of land that her house is still on, and it's this porch that, you know, we, we grew up on, and I just like to go on that porch and pray, and, and it's so funny because I have been going through a lot, and I went home, and it was raining, and I was in my grandmother's yard praying. I was in the same field that I, that I always used to play in when I was a kid, and I was praying, and, you know, I love it there because it's like, God silences my brain when I'm there. So it's like I don't hear nothing but him. So as I'm praying, I literally hear him like, I got this. Relax. And then I look up and I see a rainbow. Like, like So it's just like stuff like that. I still believe in, I, like I said, I'm one of those weird people who believe in God. I still believe in God. So it's just like I saw the rainbow and I was like, wow, okay, cool. If you, if you could say one thing to the young man you were at your lowest, what would it be? What's the advice that you think might resonate for people listening right now who just don't think they're ever going to get out? I would tell them that this too shall pass and everything's going to be all right. But you but you have to want it to be all right. Like, you know, I always say destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. So you have to make good choices. Like that's that's and, and I've always been that way. When I say hold myself accountable, it's like, you know, I don't I don't blame other people for my problems. You know, I always ask myself, what did I do to get here? Because nine times out of ten, you did something to put yourself in this position. You made a poor choice or, you know, you 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 made a wrong decision. And sometimes, you know, the, the poor choice 
may lead you over here for a second, but really you're supposed to be over there because it's a quicker way to get to where you actually were supposed to go. So I would just tell him that, yo, this too shall pass and just just make make sure you're making good choices. I didn't make a lot of good choices when I was young. I made a lot of, you know, poor choices. I but made they got lo- better. They definitely got better. They got better because I started making better so choices. So just every day you're out there making a better choice than you made yesterday. That's it. That's That's all I can tell myself. Like, that's why I hate when people try to hold you accountable for things you did or said years ago. Like, it's like I'm not even that person anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why social media is so dangerous because you see these people, they get all these old tweets and old Facebook posts and old blogs pulled up. And I'm like, yo, you really going to hold them accountable for that? That was 15 years ago. Now, if their narrative hasn't changed 15 years later, yes, we can use that to reinforce, like, this guy has been a piece of feces for a long time, or this woman has been a piece of feces for a long time. Yes, hold them to this. But, yo, if you've clearly seen their narrative change, allow the growth. Allow the evolution. Charlemagne, the God, and you are growing. Yes, sir. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. Serve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.